he is already beating himself up internally. And so expecting someone who's beating themselves up to treat someone else kindly, to see that other person through different glasses and they mm. see the entire world and they see themselves as unrealistic. They, they see everything, everything, including their spouse. Inclu- yes, this is very true. Negative, deficient, lacking in some way. And right. so the criticism that it's always directed towards himself on occasion gets directed towards Outwards. his wife. Right. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, don't let shame destroy your relationship. Don't let shame. It is such a toxic, overwhelming, but sneaky, 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 sneaky. sneaky. Yes. Um, cancer that can destroy your relationship. And not a lot of people are aware of when it is starting to kind of erode the foundation of your relationship. And today we're going to help you um, figure out what that looks like and what to do about it. Yes. Sound good? Yes. Here we go. You like sitting on that side? Yeah, it's nice sitting on this side. Why? Because the heater's on and my toes are getting warm. And the, like you're sitting over the vent. Yeah, it's great. And I will just say that these glasses... I didn't know what a beautiful picture that our um, camera could make because it's always in blurry, even with my other reading glasses on. Oh, my word. When you get new readers, you can see the world a lot better. Yes, huh? it's amazing. That's like, awesome. My brain just feels so light and fluffy. <sighs> yes, you heard that correct, everybody. My wife's <laughs> brain feels light, light and, and fluffy, fluffy because she has new glasses. Yep, blurry. <gasps> and there we go. Oh my goodness. It has been a year and a half practically since we recorded a podcast. We apologize like um, for the four or five consistent listeners out there. We apologize that it's been so long since our last podcast episode. Yeah, between COVID and AFib and life vacations. and storms and ice and uh, travel yeah, it's, and it's laziness. It's just been way too long. Yeah, it's been, it's been laziness. Long. Yes, laziness. Okay, you can claim that one. <laughs> laziness. You want to read a question? I can't see no. it from here. Do you want us to read a Well, you can read a question. <laughs> oh, do we want to answer a question? Do we want to answer a question? Yes, we have gotten a few really good questions. My husband has had some anxiety, depression, and self-esteem problems for a long time. This has gone on for some years, and finally, when I was close to being done, he had decided to start therapy. It has helped some, but his behaviors are still the same that bother me with communicating and reacting to things. He is a very statistical person and likes mm. to rate things about almost every, anything. One year ago, he told me I was being a three out of 10 and I needed to be better. I understood he needed more from me, but I told him next time to communicate it with me instead of rating me. This is interesting. Yeah. We were good after that for a while. I thought until five months later, he rated me again, ex- except worse. Wow. This time, graded me with each individual task around the house and with the dog, then gave me an overall percentage. It was not good, and this hurt me a lot. He does not 
fully understand because he does not see it the way I do. So now I feel like I am being judged all, all the, time. the time. He also does not do with constructive criticism. And he lashes out. Okay. Woo. I'm always curious to know what your reaction is, what your response is on, on something like this, my love. Um, I, I'm going to just put aside my diagnosis mind okay. and say if you ever rated me on how I'm doing, that would be absolutely um, devastating unless it was a tin, of course. <laughs> and then it's okay. But if you were being ser if you were if you were seriously rating me on how well you thought I was doing as a wife, as a mom, as a person, yeah, um, that would be. I'd be pretty pissed off. Tell me why. What what does the rating thing do for a woman? It, it makes me become an object. Okay. Or um, it it takes away it. It doesn't take into account my value as a human being, as a person. It, it takes away any emotional aspects of it. I'm not a statistic. Okay. I, if you have a problem with me, tell me what the problem is. Don't tell me that you think I'm a two out of 10. What the hell does two out of 10 mean? Right. What if he were to give and here's why I've given you that rating because of this, this, and this, because of here's what the things you're doing. You don't, and that makes you a two out of 10. You don't need to give me a rating. Oh, uh, I'm not, I, I'm not a grade on a project that you did in school. Okay. That's probably like, I'm not a project. I'm not, let's talk about this and, and discuss where you just like not even put any of your emotions into it. You're just, like, what am I? Are you a robot? I'm, I could get a little worked up here about it, but it would not. Yeah, it would not go over well because it really doesn't. It doesn't get to the heart of what the thing what's going on. And it removes you from any responsibility in in where that rating is. Like, why do you get to judge what what, what the standard what the standard is? You have some strong feelings about this I one. I do. I feel very sorry for her because it doesn't help her grow or become better as a wife. Right. It's hurtful. Sure. In the conversation part of the podcast here, I am not advocating that what he's doing is correct. So let's be really, really clear on sure. that. Sure. Um, but what if that is the only language that he has yes. as an analytical male? That he doesn't have the voc the emotional vocabulary to say, I'm disappointed, I'm frustrated, I'm hurt. Right. Or what you're doing leads me to these feelings. And instead, because he's very cognitive, he's very analytical, that can be personality-based, sure. that can be maleness-based, that his life internally is numbers. He actually is ranking himself that way. Today I was a four out of 10. I didn't do very good um, in his business. Everything is kind of in that measured right. kind of approach. And so he's not doing that to minimize the value of his wife. He's using the only language right. that he has to express frustration or, or displeasure in some way. And, and that's why at the very beginning I said I'm going to put my 
diagnosis, diagnosis whatever brain on the brain back on, on the back burner because yeah. because <clears throat> that's what I would suspect is is yeah. the case that that's the only language that he has available. It's still hurtful. Sure, not going to deny that. So, what could a cognitive? Yeah, I don't know if I should ask you this question, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, if your husband is highly cognitive, what would be the best alternative for him to express frustration or disappointment with his wife? If he doesn't have the emotional language, right? but he also can't resort to ranking systems right. and percentages. <clears throat> I think anybody's capable of saying something along the lines of, I I don't want to hurt you. My intent is not to hurt you, but this is the only way I know how to explain what I'm feeling. Is that hard? I mean, is that a possibility? That also takes a higher level of emotional intelligence to be able to say those those things rather than a highly cognitive person. Well, how <clears throat> about when his wife responds back because she's hurt that he listens to her? Yeah, this this can be a tricky one. Um, again, it's really hard to kind of have these conversations based upon one email. email we don't right. have the details. We don't have histories. We don't know the whole backstory and we aren't seeing this firsthand. So we want to be just honest about kind of right. our level of credibility as we speak into these stories. Um, what I am hearing from the wife in this story is that she does not she does not want to constantly feel judged. She doesn't want to constantly be evaluated. Right. She wants to know that she can be imperfect, um, that she can not have things done ideally, and she will probably still be loved and accepted right. by her husband. The minute you put some sort of ranking, evaluation, judging on a person, it it feels like you're in school again trying to get a, a, a grade on a paper. And right. all of us hated taking tests at schools <laughs> and, and having to, you know, get grades. Right. Well, it just sucks. And, and not only <clears throat> that, it's not it's not a test that you're prepared for. It's like a pop quiz Ooh, in the middle of, good point. of you know, it kind of it, it hits you out of nowhere yeah. and so i think that's even more painful if yeah. you're if you're expecting something if you know it's going to happen yeah and then it just happens again out of yeah. nowhere yeah that's really painful why do you think she started off the conversation with my husband has st struggled with anxiety depression and self-esteem problems how, how does she how does that affect what he is doing and then i'll tell you what i hear in that well why don't you just okay when someone struggles with anxiety, depression, and self-esteem issues, um, their internal world and their evaluation of themselves is usually incredibly critical, incredibly mm -hmm. harsh. They see the world through very dark colored glasses. Right. Everything is kind of discouraging. Everything is kind of anxiety inducing. Everything is frustrating. Everything is hard. Um, and they rank themselves according to that those those skewed glasses sure. that's why at the very last sentence he's 
she says that he does not do good with constructive criticism and he right. always lashes out and says, I know I'm a terrible dog dad or something like that. Right. He is already beating himself up internally. And so expecting someone who's beating themselves up to treat someone else kindly, to see that other person through different glasses and they mm. see the entire world and they see themselves as unrealistic. They, they see everything, everything, including their spouse. Inclu yes, this is very true. Negative, deficient, lacking in some way. And right. so the criticism that it's always directed towards himself on occasion gets directed towards Outwards, his wife. Right. That's why we will go back to what we have said over and over and over and over and over again, which is the healthiest people tend to have the healthiest, healthiest relationships. relationships yeah. The best thing that this husband can do is learn about those skewed glasses that he's wearing. Right. And it sounds like he's starting to do he's some of that. He's trying to do some of that, exactly. And recognize how he is being unfair towards himself first, towards his spouse second and towards right. the world third. Right. Um, and that takes a little bit of work. That takes some, that takes a lot of work to be able to kind of rewire some of those, those paradigms that you have right. as you look at the world, but it is essential, essential that you get this work done. Right. Well, and it's, it's probably going to take him some time because first he's got to get himself regulated. Yes, absolutely. And, and once he kind of gets himself regulated, then he can probably start working on yeah. his, the way he, the his, learning some feeling words yeah. and the way he uh, rates his wife and, and working on that kind of, so that's going to come probably secondary yeah. and it's going to take some time. Yeah. The other thing I hear in all of this is um, his sense of self-worth is predominantly performance based. based yeah. If I am a good person, if I am doing good things, then I am a good person. Right. If I am doing bad things or like every human being, I just make mistakes. I fail. I'm imperfect. I miss something. Therefore I am a bad human being. Right. Exactly. It's actually, um, the core issue would be shame. Shame for those who aren't aware of it, um, is this idea that, I do bad things because I am a bad person, person. Yeah. and there really isn't any other option for me to do things because I, I am just inherent, inherently terrible. Therefore that's why I do terrible things. Right. And when I use terrible there, it's like, um, I forgot to send an email to somebody yeah. or I didn't get back to someone's text on not, time. And not, that's a terrible thing. Right. Not truly terrible. No, we're not talking perceived terrible. Exactly. They, they describe everything as terrible. They're skewed again towards this negative approach towards right. life versus, um, somebody who struggles with guilt. Believe it or not, I would rather have people walking around feeling guilty than feeling shame, shame. Yeah. because someone who feels guilty says I've done something bad and I feel bad about it. Right. I should feel bad about it because I didn't do something well or I didn't do something good. And and I just, I feel guilty that I could have done better. But I know that I'm still a good person. I still know that my I have inherent value and worth. Um, and that even if I screw up or something and I, and I don't do well at it, mm -hmm. um, that I can still grow, that I can still get better, that I, uh, that I am still a good person. Right. That is, that's someone who struggles with Guilt, healthy right. guilt, not I, inappropriate guilt. I had a really, really difficult time understanding the difference between shame sure. and guilt. Yeah. And the first time someone, my counselor, told me that what you're feeling is shame, I was like, nah. -uh. No way. No way. Shame is for people who 
who have done something really, really terrible. I had it backwards. Yeah. And I walked around feeling guilty all the time for things like I didn't take the garbage out right. or I forgot to call someone back. Yeah. And Thinking that actually, guilt. yes, that actually was shame. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Shame is unbelievably powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, uh, kind of the, the key person who's talking about shame right now has been Brene Brown. That's what she's oh, gotten yeah. super popular on. That's what she did her research on is the power of shame and, and all her stuff's good. She has great books and understanding kind of how it plays out and how it becomes this toxic element in your life personally, but also in your life relationally. Yeah. A person who struggles with shame really does struggle with learning how to unconditionally love somebody else because they can't unconditionally love themselves right. first and they don't expect it that's right. that's the problem they don't expect they sure. don't even know it's an option, option? yes everything is performance based yeah and so walking around ranking you're a three out of ten makes sense for someone who is wired for shame yeah it's painful it's difficult it is it's a struggle we totally understand that um and and having a understanding of why this happens doesn't always make the problem go no, away. No, and it doesn't it is it, it helps you be more empathetic towards yeah. the other person, but it's still that's still pain truly that sits on your heart truly. because of how you've been treated. Yeah, so. absolutely. What would you want to say to this woman who whose husband is completely overwhelmed with shame? Right. Um I yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that I have anything like profound to say, but I think say, say to her, she, maybe it's not going to fix the problem, but what do you want this wife to hear that maybe she hasn't heard from her husband, from someone else? Right. They've been trying to fix this problem. Sure. Sure. I, I'm just so sorry that you have to experience this. I mean, it's incredibly painful and it, and it's very understandable why you feel the way you feel. Yeah. Um, you're not wrong for feeling the way that you feel. And, um, yeah, it's, it's incredibly painful and I'm just so sorry that you have to go through this. Yeah. What I would probably want her to hear is his assessment of your value and worth is not accurate. Yeah, absolutely. That is so, so true. You as a wife don't have to be perfect. You as right. a wife don't have to be everything all the time to be considered a good wife. Um, spouses. I am an imperfect husband all the time and my wife is so unbelievably generous and kind and chooses to love and accept me even when I make mistakes. And I work my hardest to love and accept my wife even when she is imperfect and makes those mistakes. Thank heavens. Um, we already know neither one of us are going to be a 10 out of 10 all the time. We just, we, we know that. Um, and I think we probably rank, would rank ourselves lower than we actually are. Probably. Because yep. we're our own worst critics. We know what's going on inside. <laughs> right. We know all the stuff that, yeah. you know, we keep hidden from the rest of the world. Um, so your husband who's struggling from shame and it shows up through anxiety, depression, it shows up through criticism, it throws up, shows up through critique. Um, 
that is not your reality. Your reality is you can still be a loving, good wife and he might not be able to recognize it or see it yet. Yet. That's a key word. And that's what's really hard because a lot of people get tired and exhausted and they want to give up because it's like I have tried everything to get my husband to understand. I've tried everything to get my husband to see me the way that I want to be seen. Again, unconditionally loved and accepted without having to be perfect. Um, To appreciate the things that I am doing, to um, uh, be excited about life. And when that's not happening, when that is kind of just kind of lost or um, disguised behind all the anxiety and the depression and the criticism and stuff, it can be really, really hard to kind of sit in those worlds for a long time. Um, What we strongly suggest is that you need to find a community that will um, put in other messages into your life on a regular basis. Um, Because if that's the only message that you're hearing all the time, then it does actually start to stick. It does start to, you start to think that that is actually true. That is how the world sees you. And you need to have other experiences, other people who don't have that same paradigm that he's they're not wearing the same pair of glasses. Right. Um, and, and can say, here's here's how you truly are. And so that your sense of value and worth is rooted in truth, not a subjective experience. Exactly. By your husband's tainted um, perspective on life. Right. That would be the first thing I'd want this wife to hear. Um, the second thing I want this wife to hear in terms of maybe what to do next, um, you actually could put this word shame into the conversation rather than focusing only on behaviors and, you know, why are you always doing this or why are you always doing that? That is still kind of chasing down the symptoms rather than dealing with the core issue in the relationship. You can say, hey, I heard these two people on a podcast. Um, They threw out this idea that you're really harsh and critical towards yourself, which now means it makes it hard for you to stop being harsh and critical towards me. I want you to know I don't expect you to be a 10 out of 10. Use the same language. Uh, You don't have to be a 10 out of 10. Even if you're imperfect, as long as you're learning and growing and trying to get better, and you allow me to learn and grow and try to get better, yeah. then that is a healthy, good approach to life. Yeah. And even if you're imperfect, I will still love and accept you. That's where this wife can offer a beautiful gift to her husband who's right. struggling with this. And it might be the first time that he hears or experiences some kind of interaction like this, yeah. which says your, your love, your value, your worth is not dependent upon right. task A, B, or C. Right. Um, and I want to be the one who's going to learn how to love love you that way. Yeah. I'm going to ask if we can try to make that happen where we do this to each other. other. Not, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I might have to do it first because I don't have the same level of shame that you're carrying. Right. So I might have to give, you know, 70% and you're only able to give 30% back. But... What if we were to kind of put this into our relationship? This becomes a new standard, a new rule in our relationship right. that neither one of us have to be perfect, but we will still unconditionally love and accept the other person. Um, for those who care, I'm sitting on this side of the microphones today. <laughs> I normally sit on the other side because my left arm is just completely messed up. 
Yeah. I pulled a muscle or got a pinched nerve or doing something. I can hardly doing use something. I can hardly use my left arm right now. And yeah. when when it went bad last night, my wife, she jumps up and she says, what do you need? Here's a heating pad. Let me get all these things for you. Do you need a pillow under your arm? Let me get you these things from the kitchen. She was giving 95 percent in that in that moment. And I was receiving 95% because I was able to give very little back. Um, it, it just depends upon the day. The other day, Shannon's heart went wonkadoodle and she was in AFib for eight hours. I was giving a lot back and she wasn't able to do a whole lot. Yep. This is how it works. This is what real secure marriage looks like, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's imperfect, two imperfect people learning how to unconditionally love and accept each other. We suggest, because of our faith system, we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. We do that in a supernatural sort of way because my sinful human nature is selfish. My yeah. survival brain kicks in and says, I want to make sure that I'm cared for all yeah. the time. And when it feels like it is being unfair and I'm having to give, 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 give more than I should have to, then I start to have those scales in my head and I start to start to get uneven and then I start to feel critical yep. and I get attacking and I become the worst version of myself. And I do not want to do that to you. I want to learn how to love you the best way possible. That's so. You think that's helpful for them? I do. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just going to add this. Yeah, I really do. love the idea, too, of her learning to speak his language oh. and, and give feedback yeah. in, in his... Something he could hear. ...terms and that he can hear, yeah. And I love the fact that you said that uh, you don't have to be a 10, you don't have to be perfect, and she doesn't even have to give him a number of where mm -mm. he's at, but just to be able to use that terminology... And, and to say, you don't have to be a 10, whatever number you are, I'm going to love you unconditionally anyway. Yeah. And that could be the start for him of, of that change in his yeah. heart of like, oh, and, and maybe it wouldn't be noticeable the first time, but I can guarantee that it's it's going to stick in there. Yeah. And um, that's great. So I, I, I just like love that, that, that speaking those words into him could be a redeeming quality for building redeeming his own story and uh, their relationship. I think that's brilliant. I totally agree. I 100% agree. Um, again, this is not a hopeful, hopeless. That's not a hopeful situation. That's a bad thing to say. <laughs> <clears throat> this is not a hopeless situation. There are some skills that can be learned. There are some deeper belief systems that need to be challenged. We would strongly encourage this gentleman to continue therapy. Yes. You got to learn how to kind of rewire that perspective of yourself yep. first. Yep. You got to deal with that shame. So that's time well spent. Um, and the relationship can blossom and bloom into a truly loving and, and accepting relationship where they both can be happy again. Yep. In fact, I would argue some of the best relationships that feel the happiest are the ones who've gone through the most troubled waters. Yeah, and I it's agree. like we know how bad it can be. And oh, my gosh, we are really enjoying what, how good it is now. Yeah, for sure. So that's just just an idea. Yeah. Um, I think we should leave it. <laughs> uh, 
What the heck just happened? Well, I think. I think the camera. Hello. <laughs> I think the camera has decided that it's done. The podcast. We're we're done with our podcast for yes, the day. Yes, I think it is too. Because we just haven't been, haven't released a podcast in a while, we're going to remind people in case they've forgotten. If you want to learn some of these tools and figure out how to have a really good relationship and you don't know where to start, securemarriage.com is the best place to start because we have several online programs um, that basic tools that are reasonably priced and um, we have found out through real life user testing that there really isn't any problem out there that these tools can't actually fix. Right. So if you want to pick up a set of tools to fix the problems in your relationship, um, securemarriage.com. We suggest starting with the relationship roadmap. Yep. Other than that. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Okie doke. Goodbye. Bye-bye.